am Hannah Smay. And I'm Haley Robinson. And this is the Wild Idaho Podcast, coming to you from the Idaho Conservation League. The Idaho Conservation League is Idaho's leading voice for conservation, protecting the air you breathe, the water you drink, and the lands you love. Each month, we'll be exploring a new topic or current event that impacts the environment in Idaho. Join us to learn about the work we're doing and how you can get involved. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the Wild Idaho Podcast listeners. Today, our episode is brought to you by the Yellowstone to Yukon Conservation Initiative and the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, who are generously supporting ICL's Bear Aware projects this year. We really appreciate their support. Today, our episode is about grizzly bears in Idaho, and we are lucky to have an interview with Brad Smith, who is ICL's North Idaho director, um, and we're really excited to share it with you listeners. Brad knows a lot about Idaho's wildlife and how wildlife in this state are managed. It was super fun to sit down with him and talk about bears in Idaho, and I'm just wondering, Haley, if you have ever seen a bear in Idaho. Um, I have seen a couple bears, and I'm trying to remember where um, it kind of gets muddied together in my head. I spent a summer living in Yellowstone, um, working at one of the lodges up there, and we saw bears then, and I've seen bears just like driving around, but I can't say I've ever seen one up close, and that feels like a good thing to me. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I have seen a grizzly, or not a grizzly bear, I saw a black bear in Idaho, and I talk to Brad a little bit about my experience with that. It was on a river trip and I was in a ducky where I wanted to paddle away from the bear and the other person in the ducky wanted to paddle toward the bear. And so we were like doing a like comic book paddle forward, paddle back at the same time thing. I was like, no, it's too small. I'm sure it has like a mother around. We're going to get attacked here. And she's like, no, it's so beautiful and cool. We have to go and experience this amazing moment. And like I can experience it just fine from here (laughs) yeah from the other side of the river yeah it was really it was really a fun experience though and very memorable bears are very exciting and very cool creatures to see um, when you see them out in the wild um well with that listeners we will turn it over to Hannah's interview with Brad um, about why Idahoans should be bear aware Hello, listeners. This is Hannah, and you're listening to the Wild Idaho podcast. I'm here today with Brad Smith, ICL's North Idaho director, who's calling in from Sandpoint, Idaho. Hey, Brad. Hey, Hannah. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Have you seen any bears lately? I actually have. Just this last weekend, um, we went over to Montana and stayed in a cabin and we were hanging out outside the cabin one afternoon and looking through some binoculars on a hillside in the Cabinet Mountains wilderness. And lo and behold, I saw a bear uh, rambling about in a clearing on that hillside. I think that bear was out looking for some food, you know, maybe digging up some roots or some tubers or, or something like that, maybe eating some grubs, not sure. Um, it's quite a ways away, so I couldn't tell if it was a black bear or grizzly bear, but It's always fun to look through some binoculars and see some wildlife on the hillside. That is awesome. That is like, that's such a thrill when you get to see a bear. I remember like my most memorable bear encounter, which wasn't like, I've seen bears in Yellowstone before and that's really cool, but it's more cool to see them in the Idaho wilderness. I think Um, it was on a river trip on the main salmon and it was this like 
pretty small blonde black bear um, down by the river. And I was in a ducky with somebody and she kept wanting to paddle closer to see the bear. And I was like, no, no, we have to paddle backwards. And so we were like paddling against each other um, in the two person ducky trying to get closer or further away from this very cute bear. Um, but yeah, it's so memorable. Have you, do you see a lot of bears out when you are recreating in North Idaho? Is this like yeah, a common and, thing for you? Know, you know, I wanted to actually reflect for a moment on a comment you made. You mentioned that you saw blonde black bear. And that's uh, one important thing to know um, about bears is that you can't use color to tell the difference between black bears and grizzly bears. And as you pointed out in your story, uh, you saw a blonde black bear <clears throat> and uh of course, we could talk more about how you tell the difference between the two, but um, that's just a really important thing um, to know about black bears and grizzly bears. Um, but yeah, you know, I think I've seen lots of black bears out in the wild of, of North Idaho and central Idaho. Um, in Montana, um, black bears are, are fairly common. Um, black bears have not been... Um, we haven't had any concerns about their population status, uh, unlike we have, unlike with grizzly bears, where uh, grizzly bears are actually protected under the Endangered Species Act because their distribution has been greatly diminished um, across the Western United States. And in the past, uh, grizzly bears were actually present throughout all of Idaho. And today we generally only find them uh, in eastern Idaho near Yellowstone National Park and in northern Idaho in the Selkirk and Cabinet Mountains. But as we'll talk about more, um, we're starting to see them show up in places that we haven't seen them for decades. Right. Yeah. From what I understand, grizzly bears used to be, used to be way more prevalent in Idaho's mountainous, mountainous regions historically. But Idaho hasn't really been known to be bear country grizzly bear country for quite a while. And so I was wondering if you could share kind of the story there and the little bit of the history of grizzly bears in, in Idaho. Yeah. So um, we know that grizzly bears used to be present throughout all of Idaho. There are even reports from um, pioneers about grizzly bears roaming on the Snake River Plain in southern Idaho in an area where you wouldn't think you would see them, but as it turns out, grizzly bears are actually adapted to living on the plains. Um, it's just over time, they become more generalists and, and they can live in mountainous and plains uh, habitats alike. Um, and we also know from oral tradition and from indigenous peoples of Idaho and the West that grizzly bears were, were more widely distributed than they are today. And grizzly bears, you know, I think a lot of people fear grizzly bears and other predators. And because of that fear, um, you know, they were often um, eliminated from areas to make people feel safer. Um, they were often overhunted um, to reduce predation on other game species like deer and elk. Um, and were removed to um, protect livestock, particularly sheep. Um, and by the 1940s, 
grizzly bears had been eliminated from much of Idaho um, and essentially reduced to the distribution we have today, which um, again is in eastern Idaho near Yellowstone National Park and in northern Idaho in the Selkirk and Cabinet Mountains. But through recovery efforts, um, we are now starting to see grizzly bear populations in those areas uh, increase, but also now expanding out into the area, other areas where we haven't seen them for decades. Uh, for example, in 2007, um, a grizzly bear showed up in the North Fork Clearwater River drainage uh, in north central Idaho. And that was the first confirmed grizzly bear sighting uh, in the Clearwater Basin since the 1940s. And that bear that showed up in the North Fork of the Clearwater um, was mistakenly killed by a black bear hunter. He had reason to believe that he, he wouldn't encounter any grizzly bears in that area, but when he came up on the bear and, and realized his mistake, he fortunately reported that to Idaho Fish and Game, and they were able to take a hair sample from this bear and trace its lineage back to um, the Selkirks. Uh, so we know that that bear traveled all the way from the very far northern reaches of the Idaho Panhandle down into the Clearwater Basin. Um, and that was the first confirmed sighting, again, that we had seen in north central Idaho since the 1940s. Um, That's incredible. It is wow, incredible. Yeah. That, that bear had to cross um, Highway 95. It had to cross Interstate 90. And it had to swim either the Ponderay River or the Clark Fork River to get there, which are both pretty major rivers. Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit on like a grizzly bear's range? Yeah. So, um, you know, we tend to see a little bit different behavior between the males and the females when we're talking about grizzly bears. Um, we know from some studies in the Selkirk Mountains and the Cabinet Mountains that a, fee a typical female grizzly bear has a home range of about 64,000 uh, acres. Um, which is quite a bit, but the males are even more adventurous. So the males will, will travel um, sometimes thousands of square miles in search of habitat or females. Um, and so, you know, many of the stories that we'll talk about today of, of bears starting to wander into places where we haven't seen grizzly bears for decades involve male bears, but not exclusively. Sometimes female bears will wander a long ways too. And, you know, I think one of the things that's fascinating about grizzly bears is like people, they all have their own personalities and their own habits. And so that is to say, not all grizzly bears are the same. Right. So this bear that you were just talking about that was found in the North you see the North Fork of the Clearwater? Yeah. Um, have, there, have there been other sightings of grizzly bears in parts of Idaho where they haven't been sighted in decades? Yeah. So <clears throat> since 2007, we've actually had um, a number of bears kind of moving into the, the Clearwater region of Idaho, and again, in a place where we haven't seen them for decades. So example, in 2013, um, 
there was a female who biologists affectionately refer to as Ethel, who um, wandered from the Glacier National Park region in Montana uh, into the uh, Coeur d'Alene River drainage in northern Idaho. And she wandered over in 2013. And during the winter of 2013 and 2014, hibernated in the mountains between the Silver Valley and the St. Joe River. And then in, the 20, in 2014, she woke up from hibernation and went back to the Glacier National Park area in Montana. Um, that's fairly uncommon for female grizzly bears. Um, but Ethel was about 20 years old at that time. And that's getting up there for grizzly bears. And some biologists think that maybe her internal compass just went bad. Um, but we have the story of Ethel. And then in 2019, <clears throat> we have a couple of really interesting stories of grizzly bears showing up in north central Idaho. Uh, the first one is Bear 927, who was originally from the North Fork of the Flathead River in Montana. Bear 927 was captured and transplanted into the Cabinet Mountains in 2018 in an effort to help augment the population in the Cabinet Mountains. And Bear 927 uh, in 2019 decided to go on a rather long journey uh, from the Cabinet Mountains all the way to the northern end of the Selway Bitterroot Wilderness. Um, so he swam across the Clark Fork River, uh, crossed Interstate 90, and went all the way down um, to the northern end of the Selway Bitterroot Wilderness last summer. Presumably spent the summer eating huckleberries, and then in the fall, uh, just went all the way back to the Cabinet Mountains to hibernate. Um, that was quite a journey. And then we have the story of Bear 1006 that showed up outside of Grangeville, um, somewhere between Grangeville and Whitebird. And Bear 1006 was originally born in the Selkirk Mountains in 2016. And wildlife officials at that time uh, placed a collar on Bear 1006. Um, Bear 1006 ventured around in the Selkirk and Cabinet Mountains, um, in the Idaho Panhandle and Northwest Montana, but lost his collar uh, in the fall of 2018. And that's the last we had heard of Bear 1006 until um, last summer. And Bear 1006 showed up on a game camera uh, between uh, Grangeville and Whitebird, Idaho. And the reason we knew that it was Bear 1006 is because he left some hair behind at this camera site and Fish and Wildlife officials tested his hair and, and traced him back to his original location in the Selkirk Mountains. Um, and that is over 260 miles from his last known location in October 2018. Um, it's likely that Bear 1006 hibernated um, outside of Grangeville or Whitebird last winter because uh, fish, an Idaho Fish and Game employee found grizzly bear tracks in that vicinity this spring. Um, uh, there was hair at the site, and that Fish and Game officer collected hair to, um, and sent it off to a lab for processing. We don't know yet whether or not that's bear 1006, but 
when we get the results back, we'll be able to confirm if he likely spent the, the winter uh, outside of Grangeville or Whitebird. We also had uh, last fall, so September 2019, a Lapway man caught a photo of a bear at a game camera site outside of Elk City, Idaho. The photo has a, shows a bear with a, a distinct um, hump over the shoulder, so it's likely a grizzly bear, highly likely that that was a grizzly bear. Uh, whether or not that was bear 1006 or another bear, we don't know. Unfortunately, uh, there was no hair or DNA evidence at that site outside of Elk City that we could collect and process. Um, but we know that at least two bears showed up in north central Idaho uh, last year, maybe three. Wow. That's kind of like, it's like the personalities. It's like a reality show, like the real grizzly bears of of Idaho mountains, you know, with all these different personalities and kind of different um like migrations and, and I don't know, interesting stories and encounters. Yeah. Each bear really has its own story. And again, you know, those are just the two bears that we know of for certain that are showing up or that showed up in, in North central Idaho, but it's quite possible that other grizzly bears have been uh, wandering about places in Idaho where we haven't seen them for decades and we just don't know about them. Right. I'm really curious about if you know what this means for kind of the larger ecology or like wildlife management of Idaho is this kind of reappearance of bears. I don't know if I want to say like reintroduction or revival or re-emergence of grizzly bears in Idaho, what that means for wildlife management ecology. Yeah. So one thing that might be important to talk about is that back in 2000, there was actually a plan that was drafted to reintroduce grizzly bears into the Bitterroot ecosystem. In terms of the, the grizzly bear recovery efforts, the Bitterroot ecosystem um, is essentially that part of central Idaho where you find the Subway Bitterroot Wilderness and the Frank Church River of No Return Wilderness. Um, but that plan got shelved. Um, that was during the, the Bush administration and um, the Bush administration intervened and, and, and shelved that plan and basically said, uh, if we're going to have grizzly bears back in central Idaho, um, they're going to have to find their way in there on their own. Um, that was perhaps um, sort of colored by the, the, reintroduction of wolves into central Idaho. But in any case, um, we are now actually seeing grizzly bears showing back up in central Idaho. Um, and so I think in the long term, that means that Idahoans uh, will need to take steps um, to coexist with grizzly bears in central Idaho in places where we haven't seen them for decades. You know, if you're going to go backpacking in the River of No Return Wilderness or the Selway or the Sawtooth or, or really any of the mountainous regions of Idaho for that matter, um, I would highly advise hikers, backpackers, recreationists, public lands users, hunters uh, to exercise caution and not 
assume that you won't see a grizzly bear. Um, you know, I think for decades, you could go into central Idaho and, and not encounter a grizzly bear, but anymore, I think that that's not a safe assumption to make. So, you know, people should uh, carry and learn how to use bear spray. Uh, they should store uh, food, cosmetics, trash, attractants, things like that. Um, if you live near bear country, you know, you might want to pr protect your livestock with electric fencing. Um, you might want to uh, fence off your apple orchard with electric fencing. Um, you might want to keep your trash in um, inside your garage or inside of a shop. Um, there are many things that people can do to be aware of the fact that they live in, in grizzly bear country or black bear country or both, um, and to limit the risk of unwanted conflicts with bears. We kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but how can you tell the difference between a black bear and a grizzly bear? Because like I said, I saw like a blonde black bear, which was, you know, like kind of a light brown kind of the color you might assume a grizzly bear would be, but it was a black bear. So can you maybe explain to our listeners some of the telltale tell, tell signs of grizzly bears versus black bears? Well, the most common mistake, as, as we discussed, is that people will um, use color to distinguish between the two. But as it turns out, color is in the most unreliable physical characteristic when you're trying to tell the difference between a black bear or a grizzly bear. Um, the most reliable way to tell the difference between a grizzly bear and a black bear is that grizzly bears have a prominent hump over their shoulders. Black bears do not have that hump. So that's the first thing you want to look for. There are some other characteristics, however, that in combination with that shoulder hump, you can use to tell uh, a grizzly bear from a black bear. For example, you can look at their facial profile. So grizzly bears have kind of a concave or dish-shaped facial profile, where as black bears, um, their facial profile is, is pretty sh uh, straight. Um, in other words, the, the bridge from the forehead to the nose is pretty straight. It doesn't really dip at all. Um, you can also look at their ears. So a grizzly bear tends to have more rounded ears. A black bear has more pointed ears. Um, if you can find tracks, you can also look at the tracks and kind of tell the difference. Um, so grizzly bears, the toe pads are kind of more in a straight line, whereas with black bears, the toe pads are in more of an arc shape. Um, the claws on a black bear's feet are closer to the toe pads than the claws on a grizzly bear. Um, and not that it's easy to get a look at a grizzly bear's claws, but they are uh, quite a bit longer than the claws of a black bear. So um, again, the most reliable trait though is to look for that prominent shoulder hump. And if, if the bear has a prominent shoulder hump, then it's a grizzly bear. So for 
people who are heading out this weekend or, you know, this summer into Idaho's mountains, what is the protocol? What should they do if they encounter a bear on the trail or in the backcountry and they're close enough to tell that, you know, they're the facial profile and they can see the hump and it's definitely a grizzly bear. What is sort of the scenario, a, a, a successful scenario with encountering a grizzly bear in Idaho? Yeah, well, first of all, um, again, I want to reiterate that if you're recreating anywhere in the backcountry of Idaho, I would highly advise that you carry bear spray and know how to use it. Um, and it's important to know that bear spray and pepper spray are not the same. A canister of bear spray has much more volume and it is much more concentrated than the pepper tray, the pepper spray that you might carry for defense against self-defense against humans. Um, so, you know, if you're going to go out into the back country, don't carry pepper spray, carry EPA approved um, bear spray. Um, it's usually in eight or 10 ounce canisters. Uh, it's basically consists of, um, Con concentrated capsaicin, which is derived from peppers, um, but again, it's more concentrated than pepper spray. Um, <clears throat> there are lots of instructional videos that you can watch online for how to use it, um, and you need to have your bear spray accessible. Um, you know, usually it comes with a, a holster that you can wear on your belt or your backpack. Um, if it is inside your backpack, it's not going to be helpful to you because you will not be able to pull it out in time to defend yourself if you need to. Um, if you encounter a bear, the best thing to do is to uh, slowly back away. You know, you can raise your arms over your head, slowly back away, make eye contact and say, whoa, bear, whoa, bear, you know, make make reassuring um, uh, talk reassuringly to the bear and slowly back away. And if you can go back the way that you came from, um, if it's following you, um, that's the time to draw your bear spray and be ready, um, in case that bear happens to charge you. Um, and if the bear does charge you, then you want to deploy that spray and you don't aim directly at the bear. You want to kind of aim out in front of it because the bear um, will, you want the bear to basically run into that cloud of bear spray. Um, and then if um, for some reason you, you actually do get attacked, um, then you want to drop down to the ground and you want to put your, your hands behind your head um, and you want to keep your stomach and your vital organs uh, to the ground and lay flat. Um, and then, you know, by keeping your, your, your hands behind your head and interlocked and your elbows out, it'll make it harder for the bear to turn you over. And if the bear does turn you over, then you want to roll back onto your stomach. Yeah, that's what I remember learning when I, you know, when the rangers in Yellowstone give you the bear aware talk when you are going on your hike or walking around the park. So the, all the, all those lessons are now applicable in Idaho and important for everybody in Idaho who's out 
um, recreating in the mountains to to be very aware of and to be prepared to um, and be prepared for. Well, and that's a very important point, Hannah. I think that by taking some simple precautions, hopefully it doesn't ever come to that. Um, you know, there are things you can do to greatly minimize your risk of ever encountering a bear and, and getting attacked by a bear. So um, one of the things you could do is if you're out recreating in the backcountry is to go in, in a group. Um, you know, I, I recommend that people never go out alone when they hike in the backcountry or go mountain biking. Um, you know, I, I would recommend traveling and uh, at least with one other person, ideally more. Um, you know, there's actually some biologists that have studied bear attacks. And I, I seem to recall that there are no documented cases where groups of six people or more have been attacked by bears. So, you know, if you can go out in a group of five or six people, that's probably ideal. Um, you know, if you're going down a trail, you want to make lots of noise. I would not rely on bear bells. Bear bells usually aren't very loud. And they can kind of get drowned out by the sounds of like water rushing down through a creek or the wind blowing through the pines. So you want to sing or talk loudly and make lots of noise, particularly in areas with low visibility. Um, so that's really important. You know, if you're car camping, um, don't leave your food in your trash line out. Uh, store it in, in your car when you're, you're not attending your campsite. Um, you know, some people like to burn food and trash in their campfire. Well, bears have a really keen sense of sm smell. So even if you burn your food, um, it actually will leave those odors behind and that could attract bears to your campsite. Um, you know, so those are those are real important steps for recreationists. Uh, and then I want to talk about mountain bikers for a minute. There's some emerging um, evidence to suggest that mountain bikers may be particularly vulnerable in grizzly bear country. You know, you can travel really fast on a mountain bike, and and you can travel really quietly. And the worst thing that you can do. Uh, as far as getting into a conflict with a bear is to surprise it. So if you come up on a bear fast and quietly on your mountain bike, um, you know, that bear might, might charge or attack you out of self-defense. So um, mountain bikers need to be particularly cautious in bear habitat. And um, I would advise mountain bikers, again, to travel in large groups, to carry bear spray, um, and maybe slow down, um, because you don't want to surprise a bear. And of course you could surprise a grizzly bear at any time of the year, but grizzly bears with cubs are, is the worst situation that you could get into. And particularly kind of in the spring time frame from when they come out of hibernation, which is usually mid-March to early April, through kind of the middle of June. Um, that's, that's a time when uh, females with cubs are particularly alert and defensive of their cubs. So 
um, that's a really important time frame to be extra cautious about recreating in bear country. Thanks so much, Brad. That's such good advice. Like I've heard this talk a couple times and every time I learn something new, you know, and I am reminded, oh yeah, that's what I should be doing. Or, you know, I'm reminded to go and get new bear spray or whatever it is. Um, and so it's really helpful for me to hear. And I'm really hoping that our listeners are taking notes and getting prepared to go out in Idaho um, very safely and with bear awareness. Um, ICL has a couple of other bear aware resources that we put together, and I will drop the links to those in the description of this episode. And so we've got a blog. Um, and Brad, do you have any other materials that you guys have put together up there? Yeah, the blog is on our website is really the best place to go. Our blog has a short summary of precautions that people can take to limit their the risks to their personal safety if they live and or recreate in bear country. There's a link in that blog to a website that was put together by this group called the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee. Um, the acronym is IGBC for short, and they are really the best clearinghouse for all information on grizzly bears, uh, whether you're a recreationist, a public lands user, a hunter, uh, a rancher, or a farmer. Um, there's a wealth of resources there. You know, there's a video about uh, how to use bear spray. Um, if you're a farmer or rancher who would like to cons to put up electric fencing to protect livestock or a farmer who would like to put up electric fencing to keep bears out of your orchards or your beehives. Um, there's an electric uh, fencing incentive program that will help finance electric the installation of electric fencing. Um, so really that's the best uh, source of information that's out there in my opinion and Again, there's a link to that in our blog, and our website is, of course, idahoconservation.org. Thanks so much, Brad. Um, it's been really good to talk with you about bears in Idaho, and um, I just really appreciate it. My pleasure, Hannah. Wow, that was a fascinating interview about bears in Idaho. Um, I really want to now run into one, but then also super don't. I hear you. It is pretty amazing to share a state with bears, and it definitely feels a little bit more dangerous to live in Idaho with grizzly bears reappearing in the mountains. Luckily, there are, as Brad talked about, lots and lots and lots of ways that we can all live and play safely in bear country. And we will drop a few more of our bear aware resources in the description of this episode, um, including our recent blog um, and then a link to the Interagency Grizzly Bear Committee website, which has a wealth of resources and also a presentation by the Montana Bear Education Working Group. And again, we want to thank the Yellowstone to Yukon, or Y2Y, Conservation Initiative, and the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation for their generous support of ICL's Bear Aware programming. And of course, a big thank you to our listeners and supporters for tuning into another episode of the Wild Idaho podcast. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or learned something new about bears in Idaho, um, we'd love for you to share this uh, episode and um, introduce it to your friends or family. Uh, you can find our podcast on SoundCloud and you can find it on Apple Podcasts. So 
share, spread the word, um, give us a like and uh, tell your friends. Again, thank you listeners and stay safe and bear aware and we will see you next time.